talking about fear was the topic here. Yeah? And in this book, as Bill sees it, it's Bill W., the founder, co-founder of AA, writing after he's been sober for a while. And there's all different topics, and they put it together in this book. So some of it comes out of one book called The Twelve and Twelve, and then it comes out of something else. So the topic was fear. Yeah? So he says, he's talking about fear, and he says, fear... Uh, and then character defects. And he says, fear is the activator of the character defects. You know, like, let's say, selfishness, uh, tons of anxiety, all that stuff, you know, lying, cheating, doing whatever. Because you're afraid of something. Usually, you're going to lose what you have and not get what you want, you know? And the possibility of fear comes from having instincts and being identified with the body, obviously. Because the body needs things, or it's not going to survive. It needs shelter, food, clothing, yeah? It needs also social relationships and then sex to procreate. And there's a possibility that that may not happen, or your mind entertains the possibility that you won't be taken care of in the level of shelter, food, clothing, and stuff, and sex, and everything like that. Now, it gets sort of uh, really bastardized because now people, that, let's say they're buying their fourth house, they have three houses already, or like one in Malibu, one in Aspen, one in, you know, Vale, and now they're buying a fourth house, yet they're having tons of anxiety about it. So the mental, the mental process is sort of, is mimicking the physiological effects of fear, but with mental anxiety. There's no fear, because you've got tons of shelter. I mean, you've got three houses already. Yeah, it's like this one meeting I went to. I was at this spiritual meeting once, and uh, <laughs> there was the guru was giving the talk, and uh, I had gotten up there and asked a question or something. So after the meeting, some people came up to me and they said, "Well, you should go to this after talk with the guru." So I said, "Sure, all right." So they brought me in a room, and there was a lot less people there. And I was sitting pretty close to the person who was the teacher or whatever. And there was a lady behind me, and the lady started talking about her experience of homelessness. And, you know, everyone went like, ah, you know, very emotive, oh, so much sympathy for her. And she starts telling, giving the details about her experience of homelessness. And what happened is she bought a house, let's say in Tiburon, and uh, they gave her the keys, and then she, uh, she left the house and the keys were inside, and the door closed and locked are out. And she, her cell phone, everything was inside, and there was a lot of space between her and the neighbors. So basically, she had to sleep on a porch. So that was her experience of homelessness. Now, that, sounds, that was sort of... I was listening, and I finally just had to look at this person and get a good physical take on it, because that isn't my idea of homelessness, you know, that you got locked out of your mansion and you were stuck on the porch for a night until the workers came the next morning, whatever. But she was having, that was her experience of homelessness. So there's the mind, yeah? So there's that those fears that are built in seemingly being a body, that you're afraid you're not going to have shelter, you're not, you know, you're not going to have a place to go tonight. You're not going to get enough food to survive. You're not going to have sex to procreate, which is another drive. You're not going to have uh, clothing to keep you warm. And yet, the mind riffs on that, where you got to have the newest jacket, you know, where you have like 20 jackets. But the same, but a, sort of like a bastardized fear gets kicked up, 
by not having that jacket produced by mental anxiety. It's t- way inappropriate in a sense because you're pretty well taken care of. Yeah, You've got a place to go. You've eaten pretty well. You have money in your pocket. You've had sex. Maybe you had a couple of kids. All that's been happening. And basically, though, now it's riffing on just extreme, insane possibilities. Like, I may not get this fourth house, you know, or... You know what I mean? Or that jacket may get beyond me. It's $800. I gotta have that jacket. So the instincts are, and us managing the instincts is, is really what provokes a lot of the fear. But then, because it's this idea of self that becomes the big doer and haver in our lives, it just riffs on that fear and plays it like a fiddle. So it actually produces the physiological effects of fear, but there's nothing to be afraid of. It's just mental anxiety. And it's zapping you all day. It's pushing the button where you're like getting shocked. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Yeah? And it's this type of thing. So it says, all right, so the fear is the activator of defects of character. Why not see what activates the fear? Yeah? Don't take that to be the alpha and the omega, where everything starts from fear, and then I've got all these defects of characters, and I've got to find some skillful means to deal with the effects of fear, yeah? Try to minimize those effects, and then I don't know what I'm going to do about the fear. But if you read the big book, it takes it back farther than that. So there's the defects of character. And what defects of character are, are just mental possibilities. They're just latently like the cloud in the internet, yeah? All the information of all, every search of every internet seems to be in that cloud. You never, if there's no cloud that you see, is there? You don't see the information, do you? There's, in other words, the, the cloud doesn't even have to be big, because it's not like a material quantity it's, it's holding. It's just this possibility that we finally got to a point of entertaining. Well, everything is like that. So the defects of character, let's say if your condition is good, the defects of character aren't being activated. Yeah. So if you're in, let's say, fit spiritual condition, that's how they call it in AA, let's just say you're, you're feeling pretty good, in a sense, then the, the, the activation of those defects don't happen. It's not like they're, they're there and now they're somewhere else. They just either appear or disappear, yeah? based on you based on the condition that you're taking yourself to be or in or are as, yeah? You can take yourself as a condition, which to me is much cleaner than being in a condition or having a condition. Having a condition doesn't work at all because if you have one condition, you're going to be apt to have a lot of conditions, yeah? You've got to have to find out what overrides having all these different conditions. Why just become being blown in the wind all freaking day? Yeah. So in a sense, and it's not like, all right, now I'm going to have an experience of a condition. No, but be, but being as being a certain state, being that state is really where it stabilizes. So let's say if I'm in fit, quote unquote, spiritual condition, I'm not activating those defects of character. I'm not activating the anxiety. I'm not activating all those. Uh, Belief in all those thoughts, yeah? Because false evidence, like they say fear, the, one of the acronyms of fear is false evidence appearing real. False evidence can never be real. It can only appear to be real, yeah? Because false evidence is false evidence. It can't override that basic fact, but it can appear to be real to you. See, the fear needs someone to appear real to. And that's what we play. We play that role. Either we have an immunity 
to that fear activating tons of shit, or we're, we're actually instigating the fear, which is activating all that shit. So AA says, you take it back one step farther. He says in the statement in uh, the fear inventory, he says, why are you in so much fear today? He asks a simple question. And he doesn't let us answer, because then the book would have been about 1,200 pages, like eight volumes, yeah? Because everyone thinks they know why they're in fear, but in fact, he says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So now he is de- he's describing the true source that activates the fear, which activates the defects of character, which activates all the thoughts about the defects of character, activates having guilt and shame for what you omitted and committed, activates, 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 yeah? So one Petri dish spawns one thing, that Petri dish spawns other stuff, that Petri dish does this. So let's get back to the first Petri dish. And he's named it, very clearly. He says, why are you in so much fear today? Yeah. Doesn't, he's not saying, he's not describing the 800 manifestations of fear, exactly how it can look to you. He doesn't care about that. He cares about what's causing the fear. Yeah. Because that's where the solution is. It's sort of like you can study holes, but if the studying of holes doesn't prevent you from falling into holes, it has no value, that knowledge. Yeah? So he goes the other way. Isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? That's the activator of all the fear. Then the fear activates the defects of character, the lying, the cheating, the this and that and that. And then the consequences occur. Then you're wanting to avoid the consequences occur. Then an incredible need to get relief from this loop. And then drinking and using seems to be like a really damn good idea. Yeah? And so on and so forth. Yeah? So we're going back. Okay. So what is reliance on self? Well, the daily activity of reliance on self is listening to the thought system, obviously. Yeah, the self isn't in your elbow. It can only appear. It can't actually exist. It cannot reach the level of existence. It can only appear to be so. That's the best it can do. Yeah. So where is it occurring? How is it getting reinforced? Where is it expressing itself? It's not expressing itself in my physical appearance, though it will interpret the appearance. It's expressing itself in a thought system. Yeah. And that thought system, if you look at it, if you just look at the system of thought, the thought system is, is determined by the, by the definition of self-centered. Yes? So the whole system is centered on a self. Okay? So let's say I'm like, my hair is getting longer. So I come into the meetings and people go, hey, Paul, you're growing your hair. But I'm actually not growing my hair, I'm just not cutting the hair. I don't go home on Saturday and take four hours off of my Saturday and grow my hair. You know what I mean? I have absolutely nothing to do with it. Yet the language implies I do. That's what we're listening to all freaking day. The language is implying you have something to do with something you have nothing to do with. Yeah? It's insinuating it. It's inferring it. It's just a damn habit now. So when people, they go, yeah, Paul, you're growing your hair. Like, oh, yeah, so me, you know, I'm growing it right now. You want to see me? Growing it. Uh, you know, it sounds funny when you point it out, but we're saying this stuff all freaking day. Yeah? This is how we, this is how we communicate. We communicate from this subject to that subject whilst we're both objects. Yeah? We're assuming that we're the doer, yet most of the activity of this, of this body we're so uh, identified with is involuntary. 
The only major process of the body that isn't involuntary is the breathing, and it's half and half. Yeah, it's half involuntary because whatever knew best realized not to give us any power. Unfortunately, it gave us a megaphone was available, and now it's shouting up here all day, I, me, my, this, 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 that, 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 yeah? So we're going, okay. So let's say if nothing actually is so, it can only appear and disappear. It can only appear to be so or appear not to be so, yeah? That's the highest level it can be. What is that appearance going to be determined by? The thing that's appearing or what's witnessing the appearances and the disappearances? Which is the bigger player? The thing that's appearing and disappearing? Is it actually doing it to you? Or is it this this condition that's causing that condition either to seem so or not to seem so? I would say it's the latter. Yeah. So you take it back, take it back, reliance on self. Okay, reliance on self, listening to the thought system, you know, believing it, total having faith in the thought system. And that's why you have so much freaking anxiety. The only thing that can produce anxiety is faith in a thought system that's failed. Yeah. If you have a faith in something that doesn't actually work, what's that faith going to produce? Anxiety in your life that things aren't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a such a simple diagnosis when you see it. Yeah, everyone has tons of faith. What vehicle is it put in? If you're listening to these thoughts and believing they have some credibility, yeah, <laughs> that faith, it's like as small as a mustard seed, can build a mountain up there. Can make a molehill seem like a mountain by the faith in the thought system. Not by the thought system. The thought system does not have that capability. You do, and I do, but not the thought system. Yeah? We're the activator of the thought system. How do we activate the thought system? By think by taking yourself to be the thinker. The mind. The mind. So here's this idea of self, which is just a thought, actually to begin with. Now it's wrapped in a feeling, so you have this vague sense of being a someone. So when an action occurs, you believe you did it somehow, or you had something to do with you. It's just a habit, just triggers it, that activates it. Our ignorant way of seeing things activates the self in Yeah? In other words, we give the glue to the glue that is, that is gluing us to the bondage of self. It doesn't say bondage to self. It's not like, if I was handcuffed to this chair, it would be, I'm handcuffed to the chair. The chair is a solid in this situation. Let's take the chair being solid. So I'm going to be handcuffed to the chair. So now I'm bound to the chair, yeah? And you can see the binding. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, please, it doesn't say, please relieve me of the bondage to self. It says, please relieve me of the bondage to the, of, of the bondage of self. Totally different, yeah? We're not bonded to self, because self is not like a chair. It's not a thing. It's an idea. And we're bonded to that idea by listening to the thought system all day. Yeah? That's reliance on self. And it's gotten to such an extreme condition that you've passed the point of reliance, and now you're identified as it, which to me is the highest form of reliance. You can't be more reliant on something than taking yourself to be it. <laughs> I don't see you could go any farther. Yeah? 
I really don't. I don't see how the line could go any farther and the level of reliance that when it shifts into I am that. <laughs> I am a self. I am this historical action figure. I am the story. I am the thinker. I'm the doer. I'm the haver. Yeah? As soon as that's in place, seeing is dismissed, and now you're living a form of looking called self-centered. And you'll be trying to use this, this form of looking to get out of the form of looking. Self can't get out of self. No one, no one ever has escaped from an imaginary place. No one ever has pulled an escape from an imaginary place. This whole idea of you as the fixated point of your life is a figment of an imagination. No matter how much it's inferred, still doesn't make it so. No matter how many times it's implied, it still doesn't make it so. No matter how many times it's insinuated, it still doesn't make it so. It can only appear to be so. Yeah, That's the bondage of self. If we were bondage to self, we could be easily recognized where the self was and be unbound to it. We could find a, a, a master spiritual locksmith who would come and unbind us to the self. But it's not that. This is an activity. It's bondage of. It's an activity of mind, selfing, that binds us to the idea of being a self. Yeah. So the verb is... The selfing means the identification as a self. It isn't like identification as is what I'm doing, and then there's a self that I'm doing it with. Identification as a self is the whole verb. In other words, there isn't a noun you're identified as. You're identified as a self. That's the whole verb, and it produces a sense of being a noun. Yeah? And that's the bondage. Because now, if the noun keeps taking itself to be the noun, and its true solution is in the verbness of this place, it's never going to fucking find it. I don't care what spiritual locksmith you get, you're not locked to anything. You're not locked to it. There's no thing to be locked to. It's an activity of mind. Nothing actually has any solidity here. It just appears to see, it appears to, and it doesn't appear. Just like people when they do, let's say they work on their resentments on inventories, and they feel like they're done with it, and for a couple of years it seems to be so, then it seems to come back. Because it was never there to begin with. It just appears based on your condition. Yeah? The condition you seem to be in will either call it forth, and then it will manifest, or you'll be in another condition that will pause and not whistle it into existence or into appearance. Yeah? So, in other words, you'll be freed from the bondage of self, or you'll be living under the bondage of self. And it's, once you have a sense of freedom from the bondage of self, you'll definitely start recognizing what seems to make the bondage of self. And what reinforces the bondage of self. And what activates the bondage of self, right? And then you start seeing, you get to the first knot, and then when that first knot gets released, 
it, it has a thread that affects all the rest of the things. So now, fear isn't being promoted, then there's no activation of character defects, then there's no fucking crazy actions, then there's no consequences going to jail or killing somebody, then there's da 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 You cut the whole chain, not at the fifth or eighth chain, but at the, at the initi- where it initiates, where the mind starts taking itself to be something else. At that point, everything changes. It's the difference between heaven and hell. Yeah. When the mind falls into a state of ignorance, yeah, falls into it, and now the seeing that it's its natural quality has been bastardized into a form of looking called self-centeredness. And then the real irony of the joke is you'll be looking for relief from the looking, with the looking. You'll be attempting to get out of self as a self. <laughs> you'll, it can go to such an absurd point where you'll be sitting here hoping to have an experience of your own absence, but you are being there to have the experience. I, would, I really want to feel like, I want to feel what it feels like if I was absent. This is exactly how it feels like when you're absent. You're full of yourself. <laughs> if you could just see you're not that, which that's what's happening, if you, because all you can see is what you're not. You can't see what you are. And that's how you sort of, it's like the... Uh, it's like the netty netty, the not this, not this. You get to a point, it's not this, not this, not this. You don't have to go through 800 billions, not this. You get the principle after a while that I'm never going to see what I am. I'm never going to have an experience of what I am. Yeah? That's, not in, that's not in the cards. Everything else can be experienced. Everything about what I'm not can be experienced. But what I am can't be experienced. It's only is. Then that infuses its flavor to all your experiences. That's why you start traveling lighter on a stabilized level. Because you're having tons of experiences. But what would happen is most of your joy in your life is what's not being activated. You're not activating taking these fucking crazy thoughts to be true. That's not getting activated. You're not, you're not ha- bitching about being in a house and trying to get out of it when you have, you've just bought a Tempur-Pedic bed, you know, you've got a fucking dinner table and eight chairs. You see, you have a lot of investment in that house. You've got a mortgage and a rent. But what would happen if you saw it in a blueprint stage where it's just starting to be formulated and yet your interest and attention doesn't go there, you'll never have to try to get out of that house that you're having such a bitchy time in. It won't be built. It won't find form here. It won't reach a level of manifestation. It won't be able to affect you. But if it becomes the house, it's going to affect you as the tenant fucking for sure. Yeah? Who can live in a house but a tenant? Then you're in the house, and you're bitching about the house, you want to find how to get out of the house, all the character defects get agitated because you're living in fear. How can I afford this and that? What would happen if you saw your whole head start making up this fear, false evidence appearing real, and you saw it as false evidence? It wouldn't be hatched. It couldn't manifest. It would show no effect here. Yeah. 
It wouldn't set off one bit of a tremor. It wouldn't be able to reach the point of manifestation because it can only, from the non-manifest, from that cloud, it can only reach manifestation through us. We're the gatekeeper. We're, we're what says, yes, you can come through and no, you can't, in a sense. Yeah. And when you get the taste of, a, let's say, the, the larger side of life, you're not going to fucking want to even play around in being right anymore or being special anymore. You'll see how fucking inherently empty it all is. Yeah, it won't be. You won't be having to try to pull your interest and attention like pit bulls away from a big piece of chicken. You know, trying to pull it back, they won't go there. They'll be happily resting in what's happening, in what is. Yeah. There's no vigilance. You'll want to do it. There won't be any vigilance around it. Like, i got to keep an eye on myself. I'm just got to just go right back into that. No, you're not. That's, all, that's an old freaking story based on an old idea. Why do you think AA says you've got to be willing to let go of all your old ideas or the result will be nil? Because the idea can take you back into there. The idea can only hatch with your attention and interest. It cannot hatch itself. All of these are just insane possibilities that find fruition through our believing them. Yeah. What would happen if your belief was suspended? Or you were in a pause? You would see what happens. You'd be able to enjoy peace of mind. Not like a, a, a mythical uh, arrival date somewhere other than now. You have the ability to enjoy peace of mind. Just like we were at, I was at a meeting and people were talking about, well, what makes you feel joy? You know, nothing actually makes me feel joy. Things arise that, that complement the joy that's already there and activates them. My way of seeing life is activating a lot of joyful moments. Not the moments. Yeah? They have something to do with it, but if I was, if I was shooting coke, I had no joy. I had no gratitude. I wasn't sitting around, oh, look at these lovely flowers, unless they were opium plants. That's the only thing I'd be interested in. I wouldn't be, oh, look at these lovely flowers. Let's sit on this park bench for a while. <laughs> no fucking way. Where's the nearest phone booth? i got to call the guy. You know, There was no joy being initiated or, or <laughs> activating. Yes. Now there is something that's activating joyful moments in my life. There is something in place that's activating the ability to enjoy peace when it's there. Because peace is an essential quality of mind. It's not like something you're going to find outside. If you see anything that has peace in it, it came from your peace of mind. You're giving it the meaning it has. Yeah. So this is about, it says it beautifully in recovery. It says, okay, perhaps there's a better way. All right, so you looked at what's causing all the fear. It's reliance on self. Perhaps there's a better way. How about trusting something infinite rather than the finite self? What is trust but a form of faith? Yeah? So our, our constantly trusting in the finite self is what's giving it its juice. That's what gives it its kingdom. We're the one that makes it king. It doesn't have any land to survey and run. We've, we've just given it to it. Yeah. So now perhaps there's a better way. We're now going to move towards a system that's trustworthy and is infinite. And so it says, I, we read this other thing in the book, 
called about, is sobriety enough? You know? And, and he says, no, sobriety really isn't enough. It's just the first awakening of many awakenings. Yeah? So here's the first awakening. You start getting out of the clutches of identification as self. You're getting out of its, uh, what it's activated. So I'm not going to jail anymore, this and that, that and this. So I had a lot of rude awakenings. And then it just keeps going on and you have awakenings because now another system of mind is downloading and it's activating aspects that you weren't activating before. And now it's activating peace. Now it's activating compassion for others. Now it's acting it's seeing the value in service. It's doing all of this stuff because the mind is just, instead of resting on this source of agitation where it will never find any rest, it's now resting in something that can soothe it. That it can that it can chill out, yeah, and locate at least in this moment, instead of being in that farmland, you know, fucking harvesting all these imaginary crops from the past and the future. There is damn, there is a solution for sure. You know? If you have the right diagnosis of the problem and you don't stop at fear. You keep going back to the reliance on self, and then you see, all right, well, what does that mean, reliance on self? You can say it, but what is the, how are you relying on self all day? Yeah? How is that glue constantly being reasserted? How is that bondage of self, which can never be so, how does it seem to be so much all the time? There must be a bonding agent that's being applied all day to the thought system. Yeah? So, okay, at least you can get, yeah, I've been relying on my thoughts. I've been relying on my thoughts, that I'm the thinker of them. Yeah? Maybe I should question that for a while. Am I the thinker of these thoughts? And how could they be mine if you have them? Yeah? How could they be mine and mine alone if you have very similar thoughts than I do? Maybe we're all walking around with the same fucking helmet but it's, each one of us thinks it's painted different. We never even see ours, so we're thinking, I must have a silver for sure. I don't have a black, I don't have a blue, I don't have a brown, but you probably have a black one too. And we're all walking around this helmet thinking to take, we're taking it to be us. It's like if you had a pair of glasses on and you thought they were your eyes, would you ever entertain that you could take them off? If you had a pair of glasses on, but you assume that they were your eyes, would you even ever try to take them off? You wouldn't even touch them as if they could be taken off. Yeah? It would be totally foreboding to go there. That's what this has done. This idea of self has convinced us that we're that idea. Hasn't convinced us, it just infers it, and we've done the rest, yeah? So as soon as, if something's driving you crazy, and you take it to be you, then what are you going to do? What's the most you can do? Get therapy for it, maybe socialize it a little more, maybe really try to hold your sphincter muscle and not do things you always just really want to do, like, fuck you, this and that, and just, or limit all your affairs, yes? All these things. But you'll never entertain, you can be free of it. You can entertain being free as it, winning. This isn't going to work. But you cannot entertain being free from it. If you see it as not you, the first thing the mind can do is, hey, I can be free from it. That's all it needs is the, the simplest of possibility. The thing that seems to be driving me crazy isn't me. Yeah? 
As soon as I can see it, at least entertain the idea that it's a somewhat a foreign installment, that opens up a huge space of possibilities. For me, it made an immediate leap into, hey, I can fucking finally be free of it. If it's not me, I can be free of it. Yeah? Then my, my mind, now unsaddled with that identification, started entertaining these possibilities. And you know what? It became obvious that I am free of it. Yeah? Because I could never possibly be the only way it binds me, and that is being it. Yeah? I just saw it so clear as day. I could never, never will be, never was, and never am that. Yeah? That's the only way it can bind you, is you believing you're being that. That's the only way. You wouldn't put up, if you had a friend that was bitching to you like this, you wouldn't put up with, up with, for, uh, get with it for five minutes. You do own, you'd move, you'd move out of the state. You'd do something. You wouldn't put up with what it's doing in your head for more than two hours with someone else. Yeah, but now it's 40, 50, 60 years. Why is it that we can't seem to find true relief from it? Because we're looking for the relief as it. I know it because I tried. I did a lot of things. If I could transcend this place through drugs, I should have. I did drugs like I was a perfect devotee to drugs. I mean, when I shot coke, it was a religion. My girlfriend, people would come over and she said, and they couldn't talk while I was shooting up, and my girlfriend says, he sees this as a religion. And I was fucking, I was a zealot, like a fundamentalist. I was hoping I could transcend this place. If I could taut my mind up enough, it would snap and I'd be fucking done with it. Yeah. That was my, that's one of the only ideas I came up with. Now I gave it a really good run, but it didn't work. Then I went back to the, the old field of spirituality, which I thought I hadn't given it a, better, a big enough shake, and that's why it failed. But then I did do, give it a pretty good shake, and I was somewhat conscious, and it still failed. So then I realized, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Then I heard this idea, and when I entertained this idea, it seemed pretty damn novel. Hey, I'm not that. Wow. And then that area that had never been, it's like, what, that's that area with the flying saucers, uh, in Roswell? 51. What? Area 51. Area 51. I've never, I never investigated Area 51 in my whole life. I was looking, and so I had all these conspiratorial theories and this and that, and then this, I'm no good. All these people are getting Buddhism, I can't get it, whatever, this and that. No, I finally investigated Area 51, and there ain't no area. <laughs> There's not even a 51. <laughs> and so, finally, I, was, I wasn't sitting there... You know, trying to say it 800 times, I am, I am, I am. What I got was, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that. All of the pointing and the inferring and the assuming, I'm not that. I'm not what it's pointing at. It's just pointing. It's really does, it's not doing anything crazy or bad. It's just pointing. Just like the process. Just like one process makes the lungs open up and close. This process produces a sense of self. Yeah? And it's just going to keep inferring and implying and assuming and pointing at. So what's the big deal? If you're what's seeing all that, what's being recommend, what's being referenced, what's being in a quote-unquote way of being remembered is that you're the seeing of it all. Yeah? It's a constant reminder 
All of it's pointing is that there's no one there it's pointing at. So in a way, the poison becomes an antidote now, all day. Because the quality rests in the seeing, not in the, what, not in the mental leap from the pointing and the inferring to a mental idea of me, but the real, the real me, the real activity of me, which is seeing. And so I'm seeing the pointing, I'm seeing it. I get to see the beast from head to toe. I see it all. Yeah? And then there's where I rest, is in the scene. From all the investigations, I can't find myself to be anything other than that in this experience of life. I've seen what I'm not. I'm not a body, I'm not a mental idea, I'm not an action figure, I'm not a historical little character, I'm not a personality, I'm not characters, I'm not the defects of characters or the attributes of character. I'm none of all that. But one thing that seems to be constant, that's more, it defines the idea of being me more than all the other ideas, which is the constant seeing that is the basis of my life. Yeah? For me to see the, for me to enjoy the ocean, I've got to go there, I've got to be conscious. The consciousness is what's in contact here. Yeah? And then there's the seeing of that, which is what I am, which is even beyond the consciousness. Yeah? I'd rather rest there because that rest is constantly moving every day, but it's the best it's the best life of sleep you'll ever have. It just regenerates you so fucking much. Because it's the it's the it's the true activity, it's it's being, yeah? Not a mental freaking idea of wasing and willing to prove that it is, but it's just is and it doesn't need any proof other than that fact. Yeah. So, I think there's some old masters that said, you know, there's that Dogen, that Zen master said, to study Buddhism is to study the self, and to study the self is to forget the self. Sounds good, eh? St. Francis says it's in self-forgetting that all this good shit starts occurring. Yeah. So if it's self-forgetting is the antidote, I would say the poison is self-remembering, yeah? So let's look at that. How is the self-remembered? Well, here it goes. There's the thought system. The thought system pictures you as a body, a historical figure. It thinks about you in the past, and its, it's anchor to that idea is the body, because your thought system pictures you as a body. Yeah? When it thinks about you, it thinks about you as a body years ago, and what's going to happen to you as a body years later. Yeah? So the thought system is now thinking about you somehow from the past. The Course of Miracles says all your thoughts are about the past, to tell you the truth. And they don't mean anything at all. So basically you're thinking about nothing all fucking day. <laughs> That's what it basically comes to. But here, you're thinking about this the, from the past. You're seeing yourself in, as, a, as a past idea. Yeah. So you're being remembered. Yeah? And the remembering happens now, obviously. So you remember being a self now by thinking about it in the past. And you remember being a self now by thinking about it in the future. Future is also a form of remembrance, yeah? So the, you're thinking about you in the future and you're remembering being a self now. Because the only place anything can ever happen is now, yeah? So by being totally, by being obsessed about you, it, it's that obsession with the idea of you is strong enough to take your interest and attention from this moment and go into that mental time tunnel, yeah? 
that mental wind tunnel and go back to the past and attend to those thoughts. And it's also strong enough, if it's about you, to take your attention and interest from now and take it into the future. So up to, to a point where you are not even responding to what's happening anymore. You'll be at a beautiful place and there's beautiful food, beautiful music. There's no threat. Nothing's going on. You'll be extremely agitated because you're not resting in the now. You're resting in the idea, the remembrance of who you were or who you're going to be. This is the slavery of mind, the bondage of self. So I'm remembered in the past. So I was there. Yeah, I will be there. And therefore I am here. Why do you believe it's so important to the thought system time? Because it's in time that it remembers the self. It can't remember the self now other than in time. Because right now, and no, there'll never be an existence of a self. It can only appear to exist by being remembered in the past and the future. There's no way it can mine its relevance from this moment. It mines the aura of being a self in the past cave, in the past mind, and the future mind. So, he says, it's in self-forgetting that you're reborn or something. You know? Dogen says, hey, you study Buddhism, it's the study of the self. When you study the self, it should lead you to what? Forgetting the self. Because if you study yourself, you'll see it as not being you. And if it's not about you, you'll probably lose interest in it. And that's basically how it's forgotten. Because you won't be going so much in the past, and you won't be going in the future, and it won't be able to be remembered. Yeah, Just like when you do something you really love, like play music, or for me, jumping in the ocean. There's not much thinking about me in the past and the future then. Because the elements are so dominant, yeah? You're breathing, you may be in a, it's maybe big and you're scared, and so you have to be really alert. You're not sitting there picturing yourself in the past, you're all here. And so there's a real freedom from that bondage itself. So you may construe it to be the surfing, so you fall in love with the surfing, but what you're really falling in love with is the freedom from the bondage itself. <laughs> That's just the one that works for you. Everyone has different ones, yeah? And if you do have a freaking passion, I hope you fucking do it a lot in your life. I really do. If you find something that you love, milk it, baby, because it will lead to that point where, just like when I used done the talks for 20-something years, yeah, I'd come into these meetings when I first was doing this thing, and I had the experience of like being a hose and then water coming through, yeah? And that the message was much more important than the messenger. As long as I was willing to sit there, something was going to happen. It didn't matter about my condition or circumstances or anything like that. And whatever those conditions and circumstances were, physical, emotional, or circumstantial condition, they were totally suspended for the hour of the talk. I would be totally relieved of any contact with the story of Paul. And with the batting average was a thousand. Every time I put myself in that position to be used... I was used, and part of being used was there was a forgetting of self. Yeah? Or I would actually say there wasn't a remembering of self. Because then you could take like forgetting self as an activity. That would be another form of remembering self. But this is a forget, this is like uh, a forgetting of, a re- the remembrance stops, and there, there you are. Yeah? So what was I going to say? If something that seemed so real seemed not to be real for an hour, how real was it? Yeah? 
And I mean, I had my fairy princess break up with me. I was waiting to hear if I had AIDS or not sometimes. I had no money. I was sick, sinus infections, the flu at the same time. Tons of different things that could have really got you down. Yet every time it was lifted, at least for that period of time. Yeah? What does it tell me? Tell me, how can something be real if it can disappear? Everything is just that. It's appearing and disappearing through us. Yeah. We're the dreaming of this dream. We forgot that we're dreaming this dream, and we've given what we dreamt all the power to affect us. That's what happens. We're the dreaming of this dream. Shit. When I was an addict shooting up, I dreamt a hell. And it was a fucking intense hell. Now, I don't have, I never have a dream of hell. None of that stuff that was the basic, the dominant influences of my life ever get activated now. The possibility is there. If I went out, if I shot some coke now in the bathroom, I bet you I'd, I'd pass the basket immediately. <laughs> Try to get all the money in there, sell as many shirts as I could, and just go out. Who knows what would possibly happen? All bets would be off. Because I would infect the Petri dish. And that thing, that thing I would sure, surely, would produce an agitation that could activate the fear, which would activate the character defects, which would activate the need to get loaded, which would activate the consequences of getting loaded, would activate, 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 activate. Yeah? Said abstinence is the key. Pause before the thing cooks. Before you turn up the heat, think of you know, not even think about it, see it. Pause, yeah. Let everything blow by. Yeah. So check it out. See if you have a role in what's happening here instead of a victim role. Somehow, the Meyer of all Mayas is, is fucking with you. No, you're the producer of the Maya. You're the delusion itself. It's self-delusion. There's nothing called a delusion. You're participating in this event completely. <laughs> you are. You, are, you and I are completely participating in this event. No matter what your head's saying, you are the dreaming of this place. Yeah? You and I are giving everything the meaning it has. There's no inherent meaning in anything here. And that means these bodies. There's no inherent meaning in anything here. Every meaning is given to every quote-unquote appearance by the dreaming. And we's that. Yeah. Paul? Yeah. Can we buy a shirt? You can. <laughs> but not right this second. Okay. Yeah. We're going to end now. Just... <laughs> that sounds a beautiful ending. <laughs> I really like that. That's beautiful. You're welcome. And when all's said and done, can I buy a shirt? Yeah. That's how it works. Hey, lend me a dime. Whatever, give me a ride. (laughs) 
things keep on keeping on. <laughs> well, what happens if this gets in? I'm telling you. Find out. Find out. You know, one of the things that people say to me that always puts me out when you're saying something to them and they go, I know. And I go, no, you don't. Because if you knew, it wouldn't be happening the way it's happening. You keep saying, I know, but it's a, de- it's a defense against hearing anything. Yeah. This is about I don't know, as my friend Zen Mark always points out. One of the highest levels of mind in Zen is I don't know. Because then you're relegated into finding out. That's a, that's a form of knowledge that's valuable. Yeah? That form of knowledge of finding out based on the preceding condition of I don't know. Yeah? Watch what that activates in your life. It's going to activate something, and you'll know it's fruit. You'll know the tree by the fruits. You'll see. Wonder and awe may start flooding in again in your life. Spontaneity, immediacy. You may do things that you never thought you would do any other way, and you'll do it another way. Things just start happening because your mind is just accessing another modality. There's lots of modalities, and most of them don't have self as the center. You know. See you, Sonny. So. Any questions about the shirts? <laughs> They're the only ones I asked, so I will pass the best. Hey, I won't, I won't be here next Wednesday. We'll go, we'll go away. Um, they said that you're going to the East Coast? I am, yes. Going to Boston and Philly. I'll be in Boston Friday night. No, tomorrow night. Are you from Boston? No, no. God forbid, she's... Because when you said Boston, you said it was the Boston... I used to live around there, yeah. but I'm not proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> I live in New Hampshire, and that was the woods up there. Live free or die. What? Live yeah, live free or die. He was trying to die. Yeah. <laughs> I did, it was, yeah. Now, I'm going to be at a place near Walden Pond, a famous place. Oh. In Lincoln, Mass. Um... Rose, um, I'm going to go there. I'll be there uh, in this okay. barn. A, a barn. It's a, a renovated barn in this mi- middle of uh, farm fields. I spoke there two years ago. It's pretty nice. So I'm going to mm-hmm. do a three-day thing there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then I go to Philly for the rest of the week. Oh, do about a couple, four talks there, and then, but just hang out. Because I really like Philly. I was there just a couple of months ago. I really liked it there. Yeah. yeah, there's all these people who own yoga studios that I know. So it's like uh, they know great desserts and uh, tons of a lot, of, a lot of physical modalities. I get Pilates and all these other shit there. It's great. <laughs> I get all these work. They work on me. There had this crazy chiropractor there. It was great. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. He was running. A, he was running from the law. Yeah, yeah. He was like this trippy dude. Doctor Bob, his name was. Sort of like our Doctor Bob. Oh. All right. Hey, we'll end with the Lord's prayer. I mean, the Serenity prayer. And then whatever shirts you find, I probably have the right size down in the bar. Just put these up and show. Come on. Actually, let's wait for Deb. We get. Is she in the restroom? She is. Yeah. Oh. She's hiding out. But you hate the missing, right? <laughs>
Looking up downstairs. You need a medium? Yeah, all right. Let me go down.